Easter, there is no greater event in the history of the world than the good news of Easter. We are so glad that you are listening to this message called All Access. We pray that you discover the love, grace, and forgiveness of God. No matter what you've done, All Access is still available in your life through the cross. Enjoy this life-changing message. Turn with me today to Luke chapter 23, verse 33 and verse 34. While you're turning there, turn to your neighbor and say, Man, I'm glad you're here today. Glad you're here to hear. Tell them, I'm glad you're here to hear what God wants to say. Luke 23, 33, 34. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and they cast lots. The New Living Translation says, Father, forgive these people because they don't know what they are doing. That day when Jesus said those words, yes, the forgiveness he was asking was for those who had wrongly condemned him. The forgiveness was for those who had beaten him, those who had accused him, those who had crucified him. But it was more than just for them. It's for each one of us still today. Right now, His forgiveness is still available just for you. It's pretty interesting to note that while Jesus was on the cross, He said seven statements or seven sayings. The first of which is what we just read right now. It blows me away to think that after being crucified and going through everything that Jesus went through for us, as the cross was lifted high, as he was made a public spectacle to all those people, they waited with anticipation what was going to be the reply. And the words they heard was, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. I couldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. I'd have been screaming and hollering and saying, what's wrong with you people? Curse them, God. Destroy them, God. But Jesus cried out. Why? Because he showed the love and the compassion right to the very end. He didn't even consider his present state, the agony, the pain, the imminent death but rather considered the state of mankind, considered you and I. That's pretty amazing love. Come on, that's not just an ordinary man. That's an extraordinary, an extraordinary man on a mission, on a mission to save man's life, to redeem us. We hear that word a lot, to redeem us means to buy back, to take back, to pay off the debts, to redeem us. He bought us back and he paid the price once and for all. Father, he cried, forgive them. Wow, wow. And I want to look at that forgiveness today and how it presents to us, how it makes fully possible for us today to have all access. Say with me, all access. To have all access. I remember once someone gave me a really cool pass. I had this lanyard and it was a really cool pass. They invited me to the LSU game. Anyone ever been to an LSU game? 
But this pass was different to anything else. This gave me all access to anywhere I wanted to go in the stadium. Man, I was cool. Come on now. When I walked up to a turnstile or I walked up to a place, the people were just doing their jobs. They were saying, sorry, sir, you can't come in here. All I did was just held up that pass and smiled. And all of a sudden, instead of them saying, you can't come, hey, welcome, sir, enjoy the game. I hope everything's great. Oh, sure is great, as I would smile. It's amazing what that pass did, because there was areas that I wasn't allowed to go. Except that pass gave me the rights to be able to go. Jesus has given each and every one of us the rights to go back to happiness, to have a place of peace, to have a place of forgiveness. The enemy and others around say, oh, you've blown that. Hey, listen, God has given me the pass of all access, that I can have access. The Bible speaks of those who think that they have all access. Do you know the Bible also speaks of those who maybe think that they have all access? Look what it says in Luke 13 verse 27. But I will say, I will tell you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Wow, how sad. Those who think they're going to make it and they step up to be told, who are you? I don't know you. Why? Because it was a superficial knowledge. They knew about Jesus. They knew about his teaching. But no matter how much you know, that's no substitute to a personal repentance and giving your life and saying, God, would you come into my life? Bringing you to a place of relationship. Maybe today you think your life is great. You've got everything in order. You live well. You do well. But yet perhaps the opposite is true if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Listen to me, you can't live like hell and expect the rewards of heaven. Doesn't happen, doesn't happen. I want to talk quickly today about a story of decisions. A story of decisions, we'll see this in Luke chapter 15 as we turn to it in a few moments. But we will see the story of a son who is lost. He's known as the prodigal son, the the one who wandered away. Have you ever thought and considered maybe the fact of why he was lost? I look at things like this because Jesus talks about actually three things that are lost in Luke 15. He talks about a lost sheep, he talks about a lost coin, and he talks about a lost son. One day I was looking at that and I thought, wonder why they're lost. And I began to realize the sheep was lost because he didn't follow the voice of God. He didn't hear the voice and therefore he strayed away. The coin was lost because of neglect of the owner. A coin can't roll away. A coin can't just say, I want to go. It was the neglect of the person who had it. And then the son is lost because of wrong decisions. Decisions that lead to consequences. Our decisions are so powerful. Our decisions are so powerful. I want you to read with me, if you would, the story of the prodigal son. I'm just going to get into it. We're going to read a few verses today. But just follow along with this story today. Then Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided it to them and he gave them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living, or wasteful living. But when he had spent all there, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Verse 15, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. 
And he sent him into the fields to feed the swine, the pigs. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Remember that, no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough, and I spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son, but make me as one of your hired servants. So he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. He had compassion on him. He ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, bring out the best robe. Put on him a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring out the fatted calf and kill it and let's eat and be merry. For this is my son who was dead. He is alive again. He was lost and he was found and they began to be merry. Now his oldest son was in the field and it came as he drew near to the house that he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, what, what's going on? What's, what does this mean? And, and the servant said to him, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fat of crop. But he was angry. He would not go in. The father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to the father, Lo, these many years I have served you. I have never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this, the son of yours, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Love the father. Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry. I like that. It's right. It's the right thing to do. Don't you love the Father? It's right. It's the right thing to do that we should be merry and be glad, for your brother was once dead, but now he's alive. Come on. He was lost, but now he is found. What an awesome story. What a story that I want to look at for a few moments, seeing the importance of the decisions that we make. Here's decision number one. Are you ready? He chose freedom to bondage. Verse 12, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Here's a young man. He sees what he thinks is a great opportunity. He sees what he perceives as a chance to live, to express himself. After all, he's young. He just wants to go out and have some fun. He just wants to spread his wings. He just wants to fly. He just wants to live it up. So he goes to his father and says, Dad, I want an advanced payday. I want my inheritance. I want that which is legally mine. You see, in the culture of that day, he wasn't the oldest son. He was the second son. But in the culture of that day, he was entitled to one-third of everything the father had. And furthermore, the culture of that day allowed the father to cash out his inheritance before death. So the son knew this, so he seized the opportunity and says, Dad, I want what I have. Give me what I've got. And he takes that money, he takes that wealth, and he takes off. But it wasn't long before his freedom was a bondage. It wasn't long. Life was great for a while. 
In fact, the Bible tells us that there's passing pleasures of sin, that there are moments when it's great, but then what happens? Look, verse 13 and 14. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together. Man, his pockets were full. He had so much money. He was just loving life. And he gathered it all together. He journeyed to a far country. And there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, those, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Notice, he had everything, but now he has nothing. Freedom to bondage. And it began the downhill spiral of his life. Now he's in a famine. He's broke, and he's alone. You know what I ask when I read stories like this? Where's all his friends gone? You can't party on your own. He had a great time. They were partying up. They were living life. But now he's alone. There's no one there to help him. You would have thought that some of his friends would have said, Hey, I have a room in my house. You can come and stay with me. But they're all gone. His good days had now turned to his worst nightmare. And his decision of freedom, he was now living in the consequence of bondage. He's lost, alone, broke, empty, in a state of desperation. Here's the second decision. Look. A desperation to starvation. Verse 15 and 16. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country and he sent him into the fields to feed his pigs. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. Now he's in a pig pen. Literally. Can you imagine the stink? Can you imagine the mess? Can you imagine the ugliness of that place? All because of a wrong decision. But notice this. Are you ready? His desperation now chooses his position. His desperation has chosen his position. It chooses now where he is at. What do I mean by that? He had to take what was ever available. He was, he was broken. He had nothing. He had to grab whatever job, what other opportunity he had. But now really the decisions were being made for him because he's a Jewish boy. You know something about Jewish boys? They don't touch pigs. They weren't allowed to be even near them. They were unclean. It wasn't something they were around. And where do we see him? He's now in the middle of them. Why? Because the wrong decision he made in his life now is making the decisions for his life and he no longer is in control. And he's finding himself in places that he thought he would never, ever, ever be. Have you ever heard this lie? Have you ever been told this lie by Satan? Are you ready? That will never happen to me. Have you ever been told that lie? Oh, that will never happen to me. Have you ever thought about that for a moment? Do you think he planned for that when he went to his dad and said, give me? Do you think he planned? I'm going to take this money and I'm going to waste it and I'm going to be in the pigs. Yahaha. No. He planned that he was going to be successful, famous. He was going to have life. He was going to live. It was never going to be better. But now he's right in the middle of the lie. And it's happening to him. It's happening to him. He's desperate and he's starving. He's wanting to eat the scraps the pigs wanted to eat. What a low life. In fact, he's so low, he's looking up at the bottom. Doesn't get much lower than that. 
But he makes another decision. Decision number three. He goes from realization to revelation. Say that with me. Realization to revelation. Verse 17 through 19, it says, But when he came to himself, I love how the New Living Translation says, it says, When he finally came to his senses, the Message Bible says, That brought him to his senses. I love that. That brought him what? Being in the pigs, wanting to eat their food, having nothing. That brought him real quick to his senses. That woke him up. That set the alarm bells ringing and saying, Son, you're in the wrong place. And he said, How many of my father's hired servants had bread enough to spare? And I'm perishing with hunger. I will arise, go to my father. I'll say to him, here's his plan. Father, I've sinned against you and before heaven. I know I'm not worthy, but would you let me be your servant? You know what he was saying there? I know I've lost access. I know I've lost access to the house. But can I at least live in the service quarters? Can I at least just be someone, I'll clean your shoes, I'll do whatever is needed because I know I've lost access as being the son. I'm no longer worthy. You see, he realized, realized. You know, realizing where you're at is not always an easy thing to do. It's amazing how other people can see it way before you. That when you go to people and you tell them, man, I need help, they're going, yeah, we've known that for a long time. Very rarely will you ever go up to someone and say, I'm struggling, and they don't say, I know. Because people can see it in you before we see it in ourselves. Remember at school when they would make you grade your own papers or have to critique your own writings? I hated that. It's tough to critique yourself. Why? Because we live in denial, don't we? I'm perfect. Everything's right. You see, many of us struggle with the realization, struggle with accepting the fact of where we're at. But I want to tell you something. You've got to accept where you're at so you can get where you need to go. You've got to begin to realize where you're at because until he began to realize, or the Bible says he came to his senses. Say that with me. came to his senses. He came to his senses. That was the turning point. That's what turned it all around. I don't know where you're at today, but realization is where you need to start. That's the turning point of knowing I'm lost. I'm not where I need to be. I don't have the peace that I know God wants to give my life. That's the realization point. Oh, you may say, I've got a great job. I've got all these things and all life. But if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. He came to a realization in his life. And uh, no one can make that for you. As parents, we want to make that for our kids. Kids, you're going the wrong way. And we cor- but there's some things that we have to do for ourselves. You have to make that decision for yourself. Someone got you here today. They asked you to come. But the decision now on what you do in being here is up to you. You've got to want to change. You've got to want to turn your life around because God works with desire. So what does he do? He has a realization to a revelation. Here's decision number three. You ready? Repentance to reinstatement. Come on, do I hear an amen in the house? Repentance to reinstatement. Verse 20, he arose and he came to his father. But, I love that, but, say that with me, but. But when he was still a great way off, when he was still a long distance 
away. Notice the action of the Father. And incidentally, the Father is God and you're the Son. Just want you to know that, just in case you didn't realize. This story is your story today. It's your story. He's the Father and you're the Son. While he's a great distance off, his Father saw him. Uh, The Father must have been looking for him. In order to see him, he had to be looking for him. What love. Father, forgive them. He's looking for you. He's out looking for you. He had compassion on him. He ran and fell on his neck. Not quite sure about that. Fallen on his neck. Doesn't sound too comfortable to me. But he embraced him. He hugged him and he kissed him. He didn't kind of step back and go, oh man, you stink. Because he stank. He didn't say, man, you're filthy, clean yourself up, you're dirty, you're nasty, clean yourself up and then maybe we can have no notice the Father. He saw him a long way off, he runs, he falls on him, he embraces him, he loves him, he kisses him. No matter the failed, blown opportunities, God still embraces him and loves him. And I love this next verse. And the son says to dad, dad, I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned against God. But then what does he say? And against you. I've sinned against God and I've sinned against others and I am no longer worthy to become your son. Remember all access? Here it is. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are ready? He's now repentant. He's admitting he's wrong. He's asking for forgiveness. Verse 22 says, but, but. I love that word. Because despite what was made perfectly clear to the Father, the facts were evident. The facts were he had blown it. The facts were he had wasted his money. The facts were he was a low life. But here's the greater truth about the Son. Are you ready? I want to tell you something today. Facts are facts, but the truth is the truth. Come on, facts may be so. You may be a drug addict today. That's fact. You may be broke today. You may have lost everything. But I want to tell you something. The fact does not change the truth. The truth is still the truth. The facts are your circumstances, your life, maybe the mess of your life, but the truth is Jesus. Come on, the truth is Jesus. He's the life giver. He's the restorer. He's the reinstater. Come on, he's the one that can give you back all access to the Father. Wish someone would help me preach in this house today. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put on him a ring on his hand, put sandals on his feet, bring the thanksgiving turkey, we're having a party. Bring out the fatted calf, kill it, let's eat and be merry. I haven't got time today, but all of those things were symbolic of the fact that he was reinstated back to being in a position of authority. He wasn't a servant. He was a son again. He had every right as a son, no matter what he blew, he still had every right. And the father says, for my son, notice not a servant. He says, my kid, my boy, my girl, he was dead, but he's alive. He was lost, but he's found. And they began to be merry. The Message Bible says, my son is here, given up for dead, but now he's alive, given up for lost, but now he's found. And they began to have a wonderful time. Your life can begin to have a wonderful time today. There can be a celebration of peace and joy. They had, what a party they had that day. And that would be great if it was the end. But you know, there's another decision and I'm glad that he didn't take this, but many of us can take this. We can allow our celebration to become ridicule. 
We can allow the party to be silenced and stopped in our lives. While all this is going on and all access has been restored, in walks the older brother. Verse 25, now the older son was in the field and he came and he drew near to the house when he heard the music and the dancing. He asks, what's the deal? What's the celebration? What's going on? He's told your brother's home, but he's not happy about it. He doesn't want to join the party. He doesn't care his brother's back. In fact, he's mad at his dad. He says, dad, how could you? What are you thinking? He took what was ours and he's wasted it. He's done all these wrong things and it was his choice. We didn't force him to do it. It was what he wanted to do. It's his stupidity and his fault, but yet you're welcoming him back. Yet you have reinstated him. God, dad, what about me? What about me? You've got to watch that oldest brother spirit because there's always going to be those who want to spoil your celebration. It's always those that are going to be fun suckers. Come on. Always those that can say, oh, God doesn't really love you. Oh, that's not really true. Don't allow your celebration to be turned to ridicule. There's those who will not understand. There are those who won't feel the same way. There'll be those who just still see you the same way. But you're no longer who you were. You're now who God wants you to be. Don't let other people today decide your future. Because if they want to stay outside and don't come into the party, that's up to them. But come on, let's have a celebration today. Let us have a party today. And look what the Father says in verse 32. He says, it was right that we should make merry and be glad. The Message Bible says this is a wonderful time and we just had to celebrate. I love that. For your brother was dead, he's alive again, he was lost and now he is found. He was dead. Now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. The Father says he now has all access. He has all access. Remember the words of Jesus that we started with, Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Many of us have done some stupid things that we really didn't think about. Many of us are perhaps doing some stupid things that we don't know. What did Jesus say? Forgive those who don't even know what they're doing, that they're doing it wrong. And the suffering and the pain that they're bringing into their lives. The consequences that we have ignorance and and senselessness. And we do those stupid things that we're blinded. The Bible speaks about Satan wants to blind our minds so we can't see the truth of the glorious gospel of God. But I want to tell you today, no matter what, the promise is still the same. The promise is that he wants to forgive you. If you'll ask, if you'll repent, that was the turning moment, the realization and what? He went to repent and asked. The realization to the revelation. You just got to come home to the Father today. That's all you have to do. Come home to a father who's waiting to forgive you, who's waiting to embrace you, who's waiting to love you. Oh, but pastor, what about this and that? He loves you. What about this and that? He has died for you. He took your place that you can have all access. Look at this statement and I want this to ring in your spirit. I want you to grab a hold of this. What you did does not change who God is. 
what you're doing right now doesn't change the nature of God. And you know what God is? He's gracious and He's merciful. He doesn't will that any should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. He wants all to have all access. That you can go and say, hell, hold on a second. I've got the pass. I've got all access. That nothing is withheld from my life. One wrong decision caused him to be lost. But one right decision caused him to be found. You've maybe made more than one wrong decision. But that's okay. It just takes one right decision. It just takes one moment to say, God, would you come into my heart? Would you come into my life? Would you change me? And God hears a cry like that. God hears a cry like that. And he will cause all access once again to be restored to your life. I wonder today, as we close the service, I wonder today if you'll make that decision. Will you make that decision with us today? Would you stand to your feet with us today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.